Good evening. I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. Well, Douglas County got quite the shock last week when they uh, found out that the governor was moving them from the high category to the extreme, which means they're going the wrong direction. And what that also means is that restaurants that were open to 25% had to close to indoor seating. And uh, a lot of us have wondered, what would that do to you as a restaurant owner and a, a community uh, if that kind of thing happened? So uh, the Douglas County Commissioners put out a notice. Uh, we read it last week and had that on there. And we finally did get a hold of uh, one of the county commissioners who's going to come on tonight and talk a little bit about that. But first, we want to recognize really quickly our sponsor, Chris Dental of you. Rick Dancer, and we're going to bring right on here's Douglas. I almost called you Lane County Commissioner, <laughs> Douglas County Commissioner Chris Roy. Boys, thank you for being here, Chris. Um, I got a hold of you last week. You guys had a very pointed um, letter that you put out a press release, and I thought it was real gutsy. Um, you guys, what, what are you thinking of all this? How's it, what's the response been like? And you know, when you when you, when you cut people back to 25%, that's hard enough. Then you cut them back to only outdoor seating, and then you open back up to 25%, and now you're back down to no indoor seating. What's the reaction been in Douglas County? Yeah, you know, Rick, it's a roller coaster ride for some of these businesses. And, you know, the biggest challenge with all of it is, you know, just the plain and simple fact that a lot of these restrictions just don't make sense. You know, you're punishing some of these small businesses. You're making them hire staff, lay off staff, order inventory, get rid of inventory, you know, trying to survive on a fraction of the number of, you know, plates that they used to serve or, or widgets that they used to sell or whatever. When these big box stores are just business as usual and people are crammed in there like cordwood. Uh, and, and then, you know, because the way that county commissioners, especially in our county, uh, we are the local public health authority. And so, you know, it's our job to respond to this pandemic. And we've put together a COVID response team and we do all of the contact tracing work. You know, we have agencies that we contract out to do that work. And so we know where the cases are and what's coming. Tell, tell people where they were. Where did they find, where did you guys find most of the cases that led to this increased um, level? Yeah. And so, so it's, it really isn't a venue related issue, Rick. I mean, it isn't, you can't pinpoint it to a bar or a restaurant. Uh, it really has more to do with where people are gathering and they're gathering, uh, you know, with, for social activities in their cars, they're gathering, you know, before and after sports practice. Uh, we've had some people choose to go to work sick, which has been a no-no, you know, from the very beginning. And those have related to some major outbreaks in some skilled nursing facilities, which is where the majority of our cases are coming from. Uh, so really it's social gatherings, but it, it isn't social gatherings at the restaurant or the gym. Uh, it's social gatherings in people's homes and other places. Churches have been a big deal for us. Uh, and, and you know we're all about uh, have people having the right and the ability to go to church. 
I haven't missed a church service since this thing started, and but we do a, a drive-in church service where we sit in our cars in the parking lot and the pastor's up on the podium and uh, broadcasts the signal through the radio, uh, or we have some outdoor seating. Um, so, so that's what it's been. And, and to answer your question, you know, these small businesses have just been hammered uh, and they're being punished for something that really isn't their fault. Uh, and, and that's been horrible. It's a challenge that, you know, and then the, the whole idea of, you know, it's sort of become a, a meme or a joke online where, uh, you know, if you move indoor seating outdoors, it's okay. You see these big tents going up in the parking lots for people to sit outside in the parking lot, but they're still in an enclosure. And, and, and I get that the state wants, you know, defines outdoor dining as a shelter with three sides open. But when it rains sideways in Douglas County, that just isn't a, that isn't going to happen. So what what can county commissioners do? Because, you, you know, I mean, you put out a, a notice, you put out a note, but there's no real authority that you have. And who else? I guess this is the question people keep asking me. Who else has that authority? When the governor writes this this order that now gives her to early May, it, it, can anybody do anything about that? The legislature, um, you know, uh, what what can happen? Yeah, the legislature certainly has the authority to give the governor that authority or take it away. Uh, I don't see the current legislature having the ability to or the will to do that. You know, a lot of folks think that county commissioners and sheriffs have the ability to sort of tell the state and the federal governments, uh, what they can and can't do in our jurisdictions. And we've researched that every way that we can and found that uh, we, we haven't found a path to success that way. I'll just say that, not that we're going to give up, but um, but we really don't. And we've made that clear in our letter. You know, we don't have the ability to protect these businesses from uh, these state agencies. And, and, you know, honestly, some of these restaurants have advantages over the other ones. The ones that don't serve alcohol, of course, don't have a liquor license. Um, they're, you know, they're all subject to OSHA. But from what I understand, the restaurants are the most concerned, not really even about the fines, because the businesses have been, you know, very blessed by working in, in communities that are, uh, going to help them raise money for fines. We saw that here in Roseburg, but it's not the fine that's really the big threat against the business. It's more the threat of the agency, the, the Liquor Control Commission, right. uh, pulling people's liquor licenses so that they, they don't have the ability to operate in that way at all. So right. that's what all the people I've talked with, it's, it's and, and they're not pulling them, they're suspending them. But by suspending your liquor license, the chance that you might not get it back and that's really damaging because that's where most people most bars and restaurants are making their money at, is that into the business sorry my train is going to go by here just a second so we have yeah. to um stephen st Clair says douglas county needs to increase the vaccinations to get on par with other counties yeah that's a fact you know we have been and when the vaccines first started to roll out uh, we had a little bit of a problem tracking, you know, what vaccines were coming and where they were going because some of them like went to the VA hospital, for example, and those weren't included in our counts or the state's counts because they were federal. Uh, we think we've got that all squared away, but we're, we're absolutely aware of the fact uh, that Douglas County was the lowest county in the state for vaccines distributed per you know, thousand people. Uh, and we've been fighting with the state and OHA uh, to get us our fair share of vaccines here in the county. And we recently had some success with that. Our public health officers, Dr. Bob Bannenhofer has done a wonderful job for us. 
and he's been talking to OHA. He's part of uh, a team that works directly with the governor, and, and he sort of got to his wits end on that very issue. And finally, Commissioner Freeman was able to get on the phone with, uh, I think it was Molly McCarthy, who works at Senator Wyden's office, uh, and get us some help there. So uh, as the numbers roll out, you should see that we've improved in that category pretty significantly. So somebody, uh, Jamie asked, we voted you in there. Why does only the governor get to say in what is going on in our state? Why didn't she didn't do what the president told her to do? So, okay, she's going on another topic here. I better just leave it at the first part. Yeah, uh, I think that's what people don't understand either is how did the governor get this kind of power that that I mean, it, it, that no one is able to because to, to, to do much about this um, in the name of small businesses, because I mean, I know there's the argument over, you know, all of us know that it's real. Well, I guess I would say I know that it's real and it's dangerous, but it's um, there's this point where I think we're getting to a point where you're going, um, what other damage are we doing to culture and to people and to their lives and their businesses, um, you know, in, in addition to, and I think that all, I'm sorry, I'm a big picture guy. You have to look at the whole picture. You can't yeah. just a little, and, and that's what I got out of your note. Yeah. Release you guys wrote is you're saying, you know, we're not going to go after these people. We're going to, we're going to support our community. And um, so th there's a question in there somewhere, Chris, you can find it. Yeah. And I think the, the answer to the question to the, to the gal that wrote it in, thanks for the question is, you know, sometimes we, it works in our benefit and sometimes it doesn't that the fact that we live in, you know, a representative republic where we elect representatives to represent us. And as we know, you know, us folks in rural Oregon uh, are feeling pretty underrepresented in the state legislature. And, and, you know, a few years back, the state was in a situation where, where that they called co-governance, where we had an even split in the House and an even split in the Senate. Uh, in, at the state level. And I think, you know, honestly, district lines should be drawn to try to achieve that result. Uh, when you have a supermajority of Democrats uh, in the state legislature, it's hard for uh, these conservative rural uh, citizens to feel like their voices are being heard in Salem. And the other answer to the question is that the legislature absolutely gave the governor the power that she has uh, and OSHA, you know, OSHA has rulemaking ability that was given to them by the legislature. Uh, and, and that's part of the reason why uh, they have inserted themselves in this issue in places where uh, we feel like they may not belong. I think a lot of people don't understand how this all happens, because what people don't get is the secretary of state redraws the district lines um, every, I don't remember how many years, years. It is, every 10 years. Yeah. And I know when uh, the guy who uh, was pre before I ran, Mr. Bradbury, good friend of mine, but he uh, he was very biased in how he, how he drew those lines and they need to be drawn fairly. And there's a, I know they're looking at a committee now to do that so that it's not drawn so that one side beats the other side, because I wouldn't want a super majority of Republicans or Democrats or independents or libertarians. I, I want a balance in there so that you don't have a supermajority because then nobody can do anything and one ideology wins. Yeah, and it's unfortunate because right now, you know, these Republicans feel like the only tool that they have to stop extremely damaging legis legislation is to walk out. And then there's folks that say, well, if you walk out, you're not representing us, but, but they, that shouldn't be their only tool. You know, we should, 
be creating legislation in Salem that has enough bipartisan support to pass. Uh, and, and, you know, I would like to propose uh, that the legislature pass a law that says if there isn't bipartisan support, uh, that a bill can't move forward. And I think that's a, a great policy for state and uh, federal lawmakers. But, you know, I'm, I don't get to make those decisions on my own. I just think that that would make good policy. So let me ask you about, I had something on my page the other day about um, this uh, greater Idaho and people in Douglas County are going to be voting on that. Um, yeah. What, what are your thoughts on that? That's a, uh, that's a can of worms. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's interesting. It's a great concept, you know, it's sort of on the shirt tails of the, uh, of the uh, state of Jefferson movement. We actually put a, what we call an advisory question on the ballot in November. Uh, we knew that it was going to be a big voter turnout election. Uh, presidential elections always are. Uh, this was going to be a, you know, a barn burner. And we knew that. So we put an advisory question on the ballot that just asked citizens in Douglas County what they thought about that concept. Uh, and I was fairly surprised to see that the strong majority of the people here voted and said, no, they're not interested in that. Uh, there was a fair amount of support, I think, as the idea uh, becomes more known and people have a little bit more time to research what it means uh, that potentially that could change. But in the end, you know, the process in order to do that requires the legislatures from both states to uh, agree to do it. And that was, and, and honestly, the, uh, the federal delegation as well. So that was always sort of the hang up with the state of Jefferson movement. Um, it, it is going to be interesting to see where people land on the issue, but whether or not it can actually happen uh, under the current state leadership is, remains to be seen. Well, I've heard friends from Idaho tell me that they don't know that they want Oregon to be a part of Idaho. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's funny, even though, you know, a lot of us have been here our whole lives and, you know, we're, we're diehard Oregonians. And I think that kind of gets in the way of that concept a little bit too. I've heard a lot of people on the conservative side say, you know, I, I don't really want to not be an Oregonian. I don't want to be an Idahoan, but I do want to feel represented in my state government. And I, I think really the focus, all of our focuses need to be in helping change some of these swing districts and get more Republicans elected uh, to the state legislature just for the plain and simple fact uh, that we need a better balance up there. And you made this point earlier, and it's a great one, uh, that no political party should have complete power in lawmaking. There needs to be a balance. That's where good governance comes from. And I really think that that's where we should be putting our efforts. Open that damn primary in Oregon. Oh, that's I could get on that one for days, but we won't. I won't drag you into that. Um, last thing for you, Chris. So, what do you do? Um, this goes for another week um, after this, and then if your numbers are still, what? How do you? I know Lane County has petitioned the governor to try to get, and and also Benton County to try to get the numbers changed so that our universities aren't counted in that. Would you like to see the governor look at this and make it so that it's? You know, if you have a senior homes, that that's where this is showing up, that that's not reflected in your numbers for the businesses. Yeah, I mean, what, what, yeah. would, what would you say to Governor Brown if you could to say, um, come on, we got to we got to look at these numbers differently here? Yeah, we've been doing that. And, and I totally agree with both of those concepts. And we've been banging that drum pretty loud. Um, you know, again, in our letter, we talk about the fact that none of our current cases are tracked to the things that are going to be closed during the shutdown. 
that can't happen. You know, if we're going to try to be a government that's going to control this thing with enforcement, uh, that enforcement needs to happen um, differently than it's happening now. And, and we've said all along, we can't, the counties can't be the enforcement mechanism in this. And, and I'll tell you why, you know, we do this contact tracing work and it, you know, it's human nature for someone to be more likely to admit that they went to church than that they went to the bar. But when you take and make the county the enforcement arm of this thing, and then you also try to get us to get people to tell us where they've been and who they've been in contact with, that just doesn't work. Right. So we, we can't punish the people into compliance. We can't punish these businesses that really aren't a part of the problem. We really need to focus on, my opinion is, is how well is our medical community able to cope with what we have going on right now? Uh, and what I mean by that is we have uh, a hospital that is not overwhelmed at this point, uh, and, and they're able to do their work. And if that's the case, then that really should be the driver, in my opinion. And wasn't that the original reason that all this was happening? Somebody brought that up the other day, and I, I yeah. forgot that it was to keep the numbers up. Well, that, that's been like that for a long time, and we're still in this. Yep, that's, that's exactly right. Tired of. The messaging has been really um, weird. Yeah, and, and if I had some advice for anybody, you know, this there's people out there that have, uh, are, you know, hyper-concerned about the virus. There's people out there that aren't concerned about it at all. Uh, and wherever individuals fall on that spectrum, uh, you know, I'm one of those guys, I'm just not that concerned about my own health and getting the virus. I'm not saying that I, you know, that I'm immune or that it wouldn't hurt me. That isn't it. Uh, it's just that I just am not that concerned about contracting this virus, but I am very concerned about the businesses, you know? So I've been careful about where I go and I've been careful about, you know, not attending even family gatherings at Thanksgiving. You know, I just refuse to do the family Thanksgiving thing this year because I want to be a part of the solution and not part of the problem. Uh, and I, I really think that if people would not go to work sick, that right there would make the difference in our, in our numbers. And, and, and the last thing is, you know, whether we like it or not, whether we wish we could change it or not, the, the, the governor has decided that this current metric is what she's going to use. And the case counts are the driver to determine whether the businesses get to be open or they get to be closed. So for the sake of the businesses, if nothing else, for the sake of the businesses and you want to help local businesses, do your part to control the spread of the virus just to keep the numbers down so that they can stay open. That's my that's my plea to people that are out there listening today. Hey, Chris, thank you so much for taking time to talk to me. Yeah, always always a pleasure to see you. I don't get to talk to you very often, but when I do, it's always a pleasure, Rick. Thank well, you. I, I appreciate the fact that you're a, a, a county commissioner and a businessman, because I think we need a lot more business people uh, involved in politics. And uh, I'm glad you do it. Plus, you, you guys have to admit, the guy's got a hell of a beard. <laughs> hell of a yeah. beard. Uh, dad, dad and husband first, business owner second, county commissioner third. That's what I say. And bearded badass fourth. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great day. See you, buddy. I'll see you later. So there you go. That's uh, Douglas County. We like to keep you informed and let you know what's going on all over the state and uh, not always the usual faces um, that you hear. And uh, we're going to bring on another. I didn't mean to. This is a camera. I'm not trying to say you have an unusual face. <laughs> <laughs> I got a face for radio.
He's got a face for radio. Cameron, tell him who you are and what we're doing here. Well, okay, so uh, I am the owner, general manager of uh, KNNE. We are the local station uh, serving South Wayne and North Douglas counties. Uh, uh, we're, we're down here. We're based in Cottage Grove. Uh, we're, we're very much a, a radio station that is in, of, and for the communities that we serve. Uh, and, you know, I, I really enjoyed listening to that, uh, that discussion you just had with Commissioner Boyce there, Rick, because uh, the conversations that you were having with him are exactly the conversations that uh, uh, my audience and, and our elected officials and a lot of us have been having uh, here in, in Cottage Grove and the surrounding areas. So, yeah, you guys, um, I just did a story down there on the coffee cup, a uh -huh. video, and your city, this is so cool about Cottage Grove. Um, your city, uh, the coffee cup could not afford to get the tent uh, so they could have outside seating um, when this when we were in, in the uh, last phase. And so your your city had a tent laying around and not only did they let them use it, but they brought it out and set it up for them. And it made yeah, all the yeah. in the world. I mean, that's that's a that's a small that's rural Oregon. You know, our, our city, I have to give our city and our Chamber of Commerce a credit. You know, they've been doing uh, everything that they can to help our local business community. Uh, and they've also been very vocal uh, with the state uh, because, the, you know, the, the frustration that uh, your, your last guest just uh, expressed is exactly the frustration that's, uh, you know, pretty much coming from every official that I've interviewed on the air down here since this started. Uh, we are essentially at the mercy of... Governor Brown and the Oregon Health Authority, they are telling us what to do, when to do it, how to do it. And to the extent that uh, our officials have been able to provide uh, them any input, uh, the, the, what, what they all tell me is that they pretty much feel as if they're, they're banging their heads against a brick wall because they're not getting a lot of, uh, uh, they're, they're not getting a lot of give uh, coming, coming from the state. So besides COVID, what's the big thing going on in Cottage Grove? I love your town and I want to, that's why we're doing this, you guys. We're going to start talking with Cameron uh, periodically um, to keep people informed on what's going on in your end of the county as well, because I think, um, you know, there's, there's things we need to know. Well, thank you for that, Rick. And I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, working with you and I'm looking forward to our, our chat. So let me tell you, uh, one of the things that uh, has been going on here in, um, Cottage Grove recently is we have a we, we've had a lot of interest one of I think maybe one of the silver linings with COVID is that our city council has been uh, doing virtual meetings uh, and and as those have sort of caught on a little bit there's been a little bit more of an interest I think in some of the things that are going on uh, in city government and, and and some of the stuff that you know maybe maybe it's not really fun or you know maybe it's not really you know hugely controversial but uh they, they definitely are things that affect us in one way or another. Uh, and, and one of the things that's going on right now is one of our longtime uh, city councilors, uh, Ward 1 Councilor Jake Boone, uh, who has represented uh, that uh, quadrant of town for, oh gosh, I think a little over 10 years at this point. Don't quote me on that, but uh, he uh, stepped down recently. He has uh, uh, attained his uh, degree in public administration, and he wants to apply for an assistant city manager position uh, here in the, the city of Cottage Grove. Uh, so he stepped down from his uh, role as a city councilor. Uh, the city has uh, put that uh, ward up for 
because we're in the middle of a term at this point. So the city has gone out and sought applicants for that that Ward 1 City Council. And this, Rick, is really impressive because I've been covering events in this town for over 15 years now. And uh, this is the most candidates I've ever seen apply for one city council position, especially a ward position where you have to live within the geographic boundaries of that ward, which differ from the at-large position, meaning you can live anywhere within the Cottage Grove uh, city limits. And uh, so Cameron, not, Cameron, do you think that COVID is causing people maybe to get more involved, realize that this is what happens when we don't get involved? I, I think that's definitely a piece of the equation, Rick. And and we had six candidates apply for a ward position here in the city of Cottage Grove. I have never seen that. That's awesome. And so maybe the and the, the Zoom meetings the council's having, people are, are maybe <laughs> this is a horrible thing to say, but they're maybe people are just so bored they're going, even a city council meeting is getting me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm gonna go watch this, but they're learning that that civic involvement is really the only way long term that we're going to change the situation that we're in. Right. And, and I think a lot of people realize that at, at the city level, uh, as, as again, as you were just discussing with uh, with your with your commissioner there from Douglas County, not really going to do a whole lot in terms of, uh, you know, loosening covid restrictions overnight. But there are things that uh, that we do here in our community. Uh, you know, the Cottage Grove, we just uh, not that long ago passed the 10,000 population mark. Uh, our, our community, there's there's a lot of development happening here right now. And I would say, it, you know, there's definitely fair to categorize what we're going through as a little bit of uh, growing pains because you've got uh, a, a lot of discussion happening uh, on growth these days around Cottage Grove because those of us who've, who've lived here, I moved here from North Dakota in 94, uh, and, and I've seen the community change a lot over the, 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 20, the 20 plus years that I've been here. And, uh, you know, you, you've got the people that, uh, you know, lived here even longer than I have. And you got the people here, you know, that haven't lived here as long as I have. Uh, and, and they're all saying, you know, we, we love the small town feel. We don't want to lose that. But but on the other end of the spectrum, we understand that that growth is, is going to happen. And so we want to try to make that growth happen in a responsible and sustainable way. And there's there's different views on, on how exactly that's happening and, and, and the best ways to move forward with that. But that's definitely a huge issue that's driving a lot of this uh, interest in, in civic government. Well, and then you look at Eugene and Springfield, where we haven't um, opened up the urban growth boundary in over 30 years. So there's a huge shortage of buildable property in, in Lane County and um, actually in Eugene Springfield. Um, my, I'm a realtor friend, and I think he had like five or six homes that were available at one point uh, he was looking at. But so so people here are going, you know what, I want to I want to move out of the city. I'm going to move down to a place that's that's not far and cottage growth is close. So I think it, that is a pressure on rural Oregon um, that it hasn't had before because you, it is a fine line. You know, you bring in new people, they bring in new ideas um, and things will change. So you hope that people come in and go, so what's the town's value and quality and how do I mesh mine with theirs? You know, right. and, and, and so you don't, you don't destroy the, the very place, the very thing you loved about a place um, you know, that's what's happening in Idaho. A lot of people in Idaho are going, you know, 
I don't know that I want you guys over here. <laughs> right, right. And, and, and the comment from the, from the longtime Grovers is, remember why you fled from the places you fled from and don't try to make us like them. Exactly, exactly. Well, Cameron, is there anything else? Give me one more tidbit. You got one more thing out of Cottage Grove? Well, um, I, I want to tell you a little bit, if I may, uh, you know, we got some fun stuff uh, coming up on uh, our, our radio show later on in the week here, uh, which is, uh, by the way, 9 o'clock, uh, 9 to 10. We stream that on the KND Facebook page. Um, okay. And this, this could kind of give you a little bit of an idea of where we go. Uh, tomorrow, uh, of course, Cresswell is kind of our sister city here uh, for, for Cottage Grove, and we serve that community. So tomorrow I'm going to bring on uh, Kevin Proshu and uh, perhaps one of his other colleagues on the city council. Uh, we're going to discuss uh, events uh, happening in Cresswell. There's some similarities uh, with some of the same challenges we face, and yet there's some differences. And we're going to get into uh, some of what they have going on uh, Wednesday. Uh, you know, this is kind of a discussion that, that came out of some COVID conversations recently. Recently. Uh, you know, what are what are some of the things that you should plan for? You know, what, what are some of the the, the legal things that, that you want to keep in mind? So we're going to bring on an attorney to talk about uh, estate planning wow. and wills and different things uh, of that nature. And then uh, Thursday, we're going to chat with uh, some of our folks from the local historical society. Uh, every every first Thursday of the month, we look at uh, kind of a, a little bit of a different aspect of Cottage Grove's history. Because you, you know this, Rick. We have a rich history in Cottage oh. Grove. Timber, mining, uh, you know, th th those types of things are, are you know big parts of our of our makeup that you know that continue to kind of define who we are to this day. And then uh, just one more thing here, uh, Friday, I'm going to be bringing in uh, our our local. Uh, reporter from the Cottage Grove Sentinel, and uh, this is kind of a, the the day of the week where we're, we're the, our day of the month rather, where the, the 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 two local media outlets, the radio guy and the newspaper guy, we kind of put our heads together and just talk real local current events. So that's what I got coming up. Uh, hope you'll hope you'll join in. All right, Cameron, thank you so much, and um, we'll we'll you and I'll talk, and we'll get you back on here with some other stuff's going on. Okay, my pleasure. Thank you, sir. All right, buddy. Thank you. All right, so that's Cameron from down at KND out of Cottage Grove, and he and I were talking the other day, and I figured, you know, we should just expand this thing and uh, get it so you folks are learning all about the different things going on in the in the world and the community. And I do, I love what he was saying about people or six people running for county. That's what. You guys, that's how you change things. You're not going to change things by complaining on Facebook or making another meme. Um, you don't change people's minds. Instead, what you do is you go in and you start a relationship with people, and then you make change from that. Um, Donna, I'm going to read your comment last. You've gone back to work at Douglas County. You take normal precautions, and no one has got COVID in your family. You feel so bad for the poor businesses in Douglas County. Um, affected from the Governor Brown and what she's done. Um, yeah, and I think that's the frustration a lot of people have um, out there. Uh, Cameron, somebody just came on. Eric came on and said, keep it up, Cameron. Keep up doing the good work. Um, Cameron can still hear me. He's still at a, on a back, back line in the, in the system here. So, you guys, um, we got a lot of stuff coming up this week. Um, tomorrow, we're going to be doing something a little different. It's called the Hydrate Bar. Uh, they're a new client, and this is a new procedure where you go in, and I'm going to go in, and we'll be live tomorrow night at 5, and I'm going to get an injection and sit there for a half hour, and they'll fill me with vitamins and saline solution, 
and it's for really good for athletes, for people. Um, it's really good for hangovers, but I'm not going to go get a hangover so I can do this. Um, it's also really good for um, different conditions, sleeping, that kind of thing. So we'll introduce you to that. They're a new client. And then on Wednesday at four o'clock is Rick's surprise. I get to talk about anything I want. And you can or cannot listen. It's whatever you want to do. And then on Thursday, Friday, we're going to be over in Sisters. A woman owns uh, Airbnb. And she called and said, you got a lot of people on your page. I'd like you to show it to them. And I'll give you a couple of nights over there. So you bet. I'm going. So my wife and I will be in Sisters. And we'll do a couple of lives over there and let you know what's going on. So anyway, if you um, be sure to check out our YouTube page. Uh, for a lot more videos on all these. If you want to find these really easy, Facebook's kind of a hard place to find them. Go to YouTube and you can just go right down the list. All the lives are on one channel together, so you can go one after the other. Uh, we also have a whole bunch of new stories on there and some old stories from KEZI days. Uh, so you can go on there and check out that um, stuff as well. We're also on Instagram and uh, we also now have a podcast on Apple Google, any of your regular podcast sites that you're on, it's just called Get Real with Rick Dancer. So if you don't have time to sit and watch a video, you can put it on while you're working out. You can put it on while you're whatever you do. <laughs> I don't care. Not while you're showering, though, because then it makes my voice go blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff. Um, anyway, okay, so I got to get moving, get going. And we want to, again, thank Commissioner uh, Boyce for doing that and also Cameron down at KNND. Uh, Country Radio in Cottage Grove. Uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Be sure to check out the next video on YouTube. Um, you're going to love it. And we will.